Welcome to CareerView. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirudra Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our CareerView website who are aspiring to become school teachers. Now, to answer these questions, I'm joined by 27-year-old high school teacher, Meryl Sequeira, who is currently in her fifth year teaching mathematics and taught in both the Catholic and public system over the past five years and has some very valuable insights of the teaching world. So, let's hear from her. Okay, and we are here for a new episode. Meryl, it's so great to have you here. Um, how's your day been? Yeah, it's been good. Good to finish work last week of term. It's a busy, busy week for yourself, I presume, and then school holidays soon. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, it'll be good to have a break, getting to the end of, I guess, like busyness of teachers and kids being a bit over school. Oh, absolutely. And as you know, we have our top questions asked by students uh, when it comes to being a role of a teacher. And Meryl, the first question is, um, why did you pursue a pathway of teaching? I guess like when I was in primary school, I always wanted to be a teacher. I think it was more just about like helping people. And when I was like a student, really liked helping those kids that didn't understand and just helping them get there in a different like sort of understanding so I guess then obviously when I went to uni I didn't even start doing teaching um but went back to like I do want to help people and that was one pathway that could take me there and when did that kind of hit you Uh, very early in high school or quite later towards uh, finishing year 12 that I wanted to be a teacher um I would say it was just primary school in high school I wasn't even thinking about teaching oh really yeah okay wow so then like I it was maybe in the back of my mind, mm. but I was more into IT. I was really into IT at that point, so I was thinking of a pathway in that. Really interesting. So, you've always had it in the back of your mind, um, and here you are today as a teacher. And so far, you're pretty happy with how things have turned out. Yeah, like it's a stable job. It's like my fifth year. It's nothing too challenging, I would say. Um, I know everyone has different perspectives on that, but. Yeah, it suits my lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, no, plain <laughs> and simple. Um, all right, Mary, we'll get into the, the most popular questions asked by students when it comes to the role of being a teacher. The first question that we have for you is, what is the best thing about being a teacher? So I think the best thing comes back to, like, what I like is helping people and, like, just being able to explain a concept in different ways and knowing you're reaching like different types of students or just making a bit more relevant to them than I know like probably I learned in high school um, is what is probably rewarding about it Um, and like seeing the improvement in students or like the appreciation sometimes when they do get the work um, that's probably the thing I like the most. Yeah, so seeing continuous growth and seeing that reward obviously through helping people. Yeah. There is never going to be a point that it stops. It'll always be throughout your career because that's what you do as a teacher, right? Yeah, you'd hope so. (laughs) (laughs) You would hope so, absolutely. (laughs) No, interesting, Meryl. Um, Next question that we have for you is how did you know what kind of teacher you wanted to be? Um, So because I went into uni and I did computer science to begin with, 
and I was doing psychology as well. In computer science, I had to take these math units and in those units, I actually really enjoyed maths. And in high school, I was good at maths. Um, never would have thought I'd be a maths teacher at all. Um, I don't know what I would... Like, even when I was thinking teaching, I was like, I don't know what I'd teach. But when I was at uni, because um, I knew I didn't want to do primary school. So I always had kind of was like, if I went to um, high school teaching, like, what would I teach? I like, I'm not super passionate about anything, except maybe IT. But I was like, I don't know about... I think I could go on a different pathway in if I wanted the IT route, which is what I tried to do. Um but then in uni, I really enjoyed these math units and it just like made me really appreciate it, which I just never, ever thought I would feel that way about. So towards the end of my degree, I had to decide if I wanted to keep doing my psychology, like double major, because at that point I dropped computer science, or take one extra math unit so I could get into postgrad teaching and then into maths teaching with a minor in IT. Wow. So it was always really a self-discovery as yeah. you kind of went throughout the years of studying and trying to understand what you wanted to do. It was never set for yourself. No, it was – I always knew, like, it was either psychology or psych in my last two years. Like, my first year uni, I definitely wasn't sure. Um, but, yeah, I would say midway through my second year when I dropped computer science, I was like, no, I, yeah, I'm definitely not, like – made for the route of just being in a lab like that was not my style it just was not fun um so I was deciding between yeah psych and teaching and I knew I had always had that kind of want to be a teacher always from a young age I always said I wanted to be a teacher um and then since I had the maths I was like oh I could actually teach maths um which is then why I would have pursued it I think if I didn't have that maths experience I probably wouldn't be a teacher wow okay yeah. <laughs> yeah really interesting so it just happened to be and it fell in place and yeah. it kind of worked out from there um so maths being obviously your focus and we know your story there but in terms of primary school and high school why were you always going with high school and not primary um I get think I get quite sick of like I'm not a super enthusiastic person in general <laughs> so I think just like primary school the idea of just having to be so I don't know, enthusiastic all the time, just like entertaining these little children. like. <laughs> and that's fair enough. And because you require a different kind of energy, right? Yeah. With, with that age bracket as well. Yeah. And yeah. the idea of just all day with the same kids every single day, like in high school, you can have one bad class, but you'll see them what, like for an hour and then you can have a good class or whatever it is. So like that one bad class isn't with you that whole day or isn't just constantly there like it would probably be in primary school. So in terms of deciding for students out there who want to know primary school and high school about thinking about those elements as well. Um, The next question that we have for you, Meryl, is what are the most challenging parts of studying teaching? And this was during your time at university. And how difficult was the coursework? Um, What did you find really um, challenging? I guess because I did a master's, so in education to become the teacher, a master of teaching, um, so it was a bit different to the bachelor's. I didn't actually find it that hard. Like the content work was much easier than what I was doing in my undergrad. Um, it was more that in the master's, you like you're, you would just get marked a bit harder because it was at a master's level. So what? If I wrote an essay, that normally would probably be like 70%. Maybe it was like low 60s or something. Yeah. Like that was the main thing, but it wasn't anything dramatic. And, and like, in my degree, I had to do like theology units. And we had to write like a 4,000-word essay. So those units were maybe 
the worst part because it was like 4,000 words. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> um, a lot. Yeah, so, and it was on like a religious topic, but it wasn't, I generally, like, I don't even, I don't think it was that hard. I guess prac was um, exhausting, just like, it's a weird um, mindset prac because you're so on the whole time. Like, mm. you really have to constantly being watched, like, mm-hmm. unless you, like, my first prac was really good. I mean, really not good because um, my mentor, was a bit more like picky and stuff on me, but right. like my second practice was way more relaxed and like I was way more comfortable in the setting as well. So that made a huge difference. But I think, yeah, maybe prac was, but it still, it wasn't even that bad. Like you just kind of pick it up. Pick it That's up how I felt. as you go. Yeah. yeah. So nothing in terms of crazy workload, hours, it was all pretty manageable for yourself. I think it's pretty standard to most uni. Like I didn't, I don't think I did anything more than I would have done in my undergrad. Yeah, right. So managing that for students who are looking to aspire for this kind of pathway through university, it, it is manageable. But obviously the prac element is a different kind of skills, a different kind of skill set that you require and probably is demanding in a different way. Yeah. Um, how would you, if you had to kind of look back, how would you prepare for prac if you could? Um, I don't think I would really do anything differently. I think even the whole time on prac, I still had a really good just balance. I never really did like went overboard but I think that's just my personality like I won't spend hours working on one thing for one activity to be really good like that's just me because I'm like what a waste of my time yeah no that's fair enough (laughs) um I would prefer to just do something that I know would get the job done yeah and like I can still do something engaging but without putting like laborious hours like I know I hate like cutting and like people and I just I hate cutting in general so I'm just like doing that like cutting and gluing and making things all pretty like I'm just not really about that so I think that helped cut down a lot of hours for me Mm. in comparison to like say my friends who I know would like spending time making all these beautiful resources but mine weren't necessarily pretty which is maybe also benefit of maths because it's like they usually have a textbook and you can just do book work. And maths is just about practice anyway. So Yeah, absolutely. And uh, everyone's different in that. And um, and I guess it does work well, being a maths teacher. It is just from, you know, repetition and understanding the concepts as well. Okay. And so next question that we have for you, Meryl, is do you take work with you on weekends? Um, most of the time, no. I'd say like 80% of the time, no. The main time I do is if it's marking. Um, I prefer to just mark at home. Or because I like to get all my planning done in my dot time at school. So that way I don't need to do any planning at home. Mm, Explain dot time. What is that? So you're like designated other than teaching time. So it's just your period where you don't teach and you get the time to yourself. So, and it really depends how productive you are. Like I remember my first year I had all my dots. No one in my office had dot with me. So I was so productive and I really think that, having that time and then I just never really did work at home just really set me forward in the like and then I think I was lucky even my second second year I had dot by myself so it was just like that made such an immense difference and then because when you have dot with other people like they talk to you about stuff and you get a bit more distracted but I think having that experience of understanding how important that time is um made like I still use that time quite effectively like sometimes now I know I can teach it 
at a good level, I don't necessarily need to be like, how will I teach this concept? Like I know different ways to teach it now. Understood. Than everyone there. Yeah. And I think maybe a lot of these questions is coming from the perspective of, do you have a good work-life balance? Yeah. Because typically it's like, if you're taking work of the weekends, you, you don't, you, you're continuously working. It's a seven day job. But would you say with your teaching experience and with your experience as a teacher um, in high schools, you've got a good more or less work-life balance. You get good sleep, you get good rest. Would yeah, you say so? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> like I, mean, I personally do. I know a lot of people who don't, but um, yeah, I feel fun. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, it, it's how you manage it as well. Yeah. Um, Meryl, the next question that we have for you is, was it difficult to find a job after university? Um, actually, yeah, like my first year, I mean, my first job, I did apply for a fair few jobs. I didn't really hear back from any. I think I had a few interviews, but then this, my first job was where I had my prac and they ended up just contacting me. So it kind of worked out. Um, so then I just kind of stopped trying to look. So I don't really like have the whole time of, I guess, interviewing time to like keep applying, but I definitely applied for like a fair few jobs and I didn't hear back. But I think like there are a lot of mouth teachers and I know they, like they do say sometimes they're in crisis and I think especially these last two years with COVID has been bad. But um, I think certain schools, um, like even the school I'm at now, like I applied for it the year before I started there and I didn't get an interview and I heard there was like 50, 60 applicants like or, or maybe 100. It was like something ridiculous Like because like certain schools a lot of people want to work at um, will have more applicants. And I, I generally think it is luck because then there's sometimes you might be the only one out of a few that apply so I don't know I think it's a fluctuating thing depending Mm. are people going on long service leave are people leaving retiring do they have an older age like I don't know but then my next few jobs like my job after that one I got pretty like was the first job I applied for and then then I got this one but I was permanent at the last school so I wasn't really concerned I was only really applying for this school because I wanted to work at this school. Yeah right and um, so applying for this job so even though you got your first job through PRAC but then you started applying after then to obviously do more in your career um, what was that process like Um, and what kind of questions are they asking you to really see if you're a good fit? Um, There's a lot of like how will you deal with certain Mm. situations um like how will you keep them engaged? I guess like there's a lot of general um, interview questions. I guess like the most the specific teacher ones, yeah, the engagement or um, yeah, like why did you choose to become a teacher? I think it's pretty standard interview questions. Pretty standard interview questions. Yeah. And just from my understanding, and this might be interesting for listeners out there, um, when you're applying for these schools and the schools that you wanted to, why did you want to go for those schools in particular? Was there a specific reason as to they had an interesting offer than other schools? Or what is the decision-making process for yourself, I guess, moving forward in terms of doing more with your career? Yeah, so I guess my first, when I just finished uni, I was applying like anywhere and certain schools, I was like, I don't even want to work there. I was just at that point, just like putting my resume out. Hundred percent would not do that now. Um, so that year was good. And then, yeah, I wanted to try a new like system because I hadn't tried all the systems. So then that's one. That's why I went into my second school, and it was a new school. So I learned like so much from it, and that's why what drew me to it. Because um, I think I and I did grow a lot as a teacher in that new environment. Um, so that's what went me there. And then now it's just like I wanted to move back into a different system and this one's like closer to home. It is more of a school that I think like long-term aligns mm. like with me and my values and I guess, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's really interesting. So sometimes, yeah, good, really good to know, Meryl. Um, next question that we have is, is the pay what you expected when you first started off and has it changed dramatically as you've now been working in this role? Um, yeah, I think it was, like, I guess teachers have such a view that you get paid so badly, but you don't really. But, like, I always thought teachers were, like, maybe, like, 60K. Yeah, and it's know. not, it's this, this big misconception. It's not, like, I think, it, like, it starts at, like, 60 or 70, maybe. Starts somewhere around there. I think I, I didn't start on the lowest because I did masters. So I don't really know for sure. But, yeah, it grows until maybe, like, 110, mm. and then you cap out. Or maybe just below that, 103 or something. I don't know. It caps out at some point. But, like, I don't think it's anything – I don't think it's bad. Like, I live – you know, like, in my first year, I bought an apartment um, from just, like, kind of saving a little bit of savings from uni. Mm. And, like, I'm living a comfortable, fine life. Comfortable <laughs> life, yeah. yeah. And that's all that's important, right, in terms of your lifestyle. Yeah. Like, but I'm not at all, like – yeah, I don't think I just necessarily have a f- – that like I feel like I deserve to get paid more but I guess in the scheme of other things I think teaching is just viewed not great not great but and I think that's the hardest thing about being a teacher mm, okay right what do you mean by that like you know everyone's reaction is just like you're so lucky to get holidays and like you're only a teacher because of the holidays and that can get quite draining because the actual job itself is actually quite emotionally draining um just like constantly talking to all these kids and like even in high school, what, like 30 kids and maybe five or six classes a day. That's like a lot of kids to be constantly engaging in and like teenagers are having all these issues and you're still having to cater for them while dealing with your own personal life and whatever's going on in your life and um, just keeping them on and doing that. So by the end of the term, you actually are like quite drained. So you actually need the holidays and it's not – it's not just like like it is a deserving thing, but I think a lot of people's just instinct is like, oh, you're so lucky. Like we don't get all that time and you get all this time off. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But what, if you wanted to keep the kids there one more, like there would be some breakdowns at school. Like teachers would be breaking down. Like it would not be healthy or sustainable at all. Yeah. No. So it's like definitely needed. Um, so I think that's the biggest area that kind of annoys me sometimes. It's just the perception of teachers. Oh, yeah. And it is draining, right? To yeah. keep hearing that as well. Yeah. yeah. And like, I feel lucky that I have that, but I'm like, but I also need that. Like, I, to be like, the summer holidays are so long. It's like, yeah, I don't need that much time. <laughs> but um, it's like, that then is a perk because then you do have that extra time. Yeah. And that's, and I appreciate that honesty as well. Yeah. Um, next question that we have for you, Meryl, is did you have any backup options? Obviously, you mentioned being in IT was one, one option, but once you kind of set your mind into teaching, was it pretty fixed from there or did you ever consider anything? else um so I guess yeah I was deciding between psychology then at that point I guess even now I don't know if I necessarily see myself as being a teacher for the rest of my life um like I've definitely thought about other options haven't really got an idea of what it would be um so I wouldn't necessarily say there's backup options but like say within teaching I probably want to try get into like head of department or like in within the teaching mm. career I haven't mm. I've definitely thought about what I would do outside I haven't really come up with anything as yet yeah but you definitely have skills that are transferable within the teaching world and teaching environment that you can do into other different areas yeah or like even I guess like back up maybe like going into research or something because mm. that's what I did like about psychology and like mixing it with education like research into um 
you know, like the effects of certain things on like student engagement or whatever it is, like just some, yeah. Things like that, yeah. 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 Um, Meryl, last question that we have for you from students is <laughs> if you had a chance to go back in high school, um, what would you do differently? I don't – I wouldn't change my high school experience at all. Um, I Yeah, everything I did, it wasn't necessarily about becoming a teacher. Um, I knew I wanted to go to uni, so – I just did what I need. Like, I, I, yeah, I really, really liked high school when I was in high school. Just, and I, like, I was always, I wasn't like someone who overstudied, and I always kind of had that balance. So I think that's also just like the type of person I am. So that, um, yeah, like even year twelve, like that was an enjoyable time for me. Um, even though it is stressful and studying, and like I got a good ATAR, like I don't even need, like I haven't barely used it, like I wouldn't have even needed that to get into teaching and whatnot but it's it doesn't mean like I still like I'm really glad I still um tried like I think even to get into my course I wanted was like eight of 80 or something um but I'm glad I didn't just kind of take it easy and opt out and just be like oh if I need 80 like that's not necessarily super hard to get Mm. um like I I'm glad I put in the effort that I did like I have no regrets for that great to know Meryl um and that's all our questions that we have for you today. Um, now, for all our listeners who have more questions for Meryl and did not feature on this on, on, on our list today and would like to connect with her, you can visit our website and this is where you'll find Meryl's uh, profile. You can email her with more questions, which I hope maybe she has some time to answer <laughs> yeah. at some point. Um, and with every episode, you know, don't forget to submit more of your questions and that you want to know to young professionals who've been there and they've done it. So, Meryl, it's seriously, it's been a pleasure and thank you so much for sharing your insights and your perspective and, and the, your kind of honesty of uh, how this career path of teaching has unfolded for yourself yeah no worries hope it was helpful (laughs) (laughs) definitely is